0: February 6, 1788. Massachusetts becomes the sixth state to ratify the US Constitution after pushing through an amendment stating that America, in fact, runs on Duncan. Looking stupid. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And joining us once again, uh, coming, around, coming around the bend, uh, Danny Ramos, everyone.
1: What's up, everyone? Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Thank you for being back with us. Uh, Yeah, listeners, we are in the middle of our series on spies and espionage. Uh, If you're new to the show, what we do each episode is we take a topic from history. One person presents the official uh, government-sanctioned mainstream media approved version of events. That didn't feel good to say. Uh, And another comes up with a crazy fucking Newsmax bullshit alternate history. Um, And the winner becomes the truth, a notion I've been growing increasingly uncomfortable with over the last several months uh, Mm. for reasons.
2: um. Anyway. Just the last several months. Interesting. Well, Well, you're into Q. Increasingly
0: uncomfortable over the last several months. Yeah,
2: you've had a lot of Q uh, appointments that did not come to fruition. Q appointments.
0: Is that that what they call them? They're
2: they're actually called Q meetups. Yeah, Yeah, Q meetups. (laughs) I guess predictions would have been the word, but I think appointments has a friendlier tone.
0: (laughs) Sure, sure. A friendlier tone. And that's really what Q is all about. They
1: they all hang out in the lobby
0: (laughs) at a Marriott. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone just vibing and not a, not a vaccinated person in sight. Uh, um, Usually I was going to say, usually we go off into some weird off topic bullshit up top. And we didn't this time until we kind of did. Um, Lately it's been all about Q, um, which is the name of our sister podcast all about q uh,
2: and a uh, and a uh, uh, a sitcom on cbs that i think is not gonna last
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's a it's a very delayed spin-off of dharma and greg i believe
2: <laughs> yeah but it's also a little bit waiting for godot because q never shows up <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's starring
1: it's starring toe for grace <laughs> It's perfect.
0: It's a it's a four quadrant hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fans of cadeau fans of you know experimental theater,
2: fans of sitcoms, believe, fans of Q. People I mean, who
0: believe the Democrats are lizard people, child predators. Um, people who aren't fans of Q, maybe since Q never shows up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, people who are fans of Schadenfreude uh which
2: is it's that thre- it's that uh the way that starship troopers threads the needle between being you know it's based on a book that's actual fascist propaganda and it's a satire of fascist propaganda but both <laughs> people like the movie both people who are fascist and not fascist <laughs> yeah. are like yeah <laughs> it's just one of them is wrong about the intent <laughs> of the director <laughs> but right about the intent, intent of, the of the writer book. of the book
0: yeah which yeah. is fucked up <laughs> Uh also I for you said starship troopers and I kept thinking super troopers. I'm like <laughs> that's based on a book first of all. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All the broken lizard movies weirdly based on books. Uh <laughs> before Beer Fest, Joseph l-
2: Heller wrote Catch 22, he wrote Super Troopers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Slam and Salmon I think was what Aldous Huxley maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Virginia Wolf was beer fest. That's what it Club
2: was. Club Dread was the Confederacy of Dunces guy.
0: <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I don't care what his name is. He fucking sucks. Um, anyway, uh, last time on the show, we discussed Aldrich Ames. Uh, results for that are still pending. Uh, so we'll be uh, lifting the flap on our kimono for that one later. Ooh, sexy. Um, <laughs> totally the sexiest thing. Um, <laughs> just three bearded dudes. <laughs> Wait, you're not bearded. Damn it.
1: <laughs> no, don't tell him. I could have easily just gave it like, sorry, just went with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'll, we'll, we'll pretend you have a beard. It's an audio medium.
1: Yeah. I give beard vibes. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll layer in beard sounds. <laughs> um, anyway, um, This week, we are discussing Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. Um, Zach, you will be doing the actual history. Yep. And Danny, you'll be doing the alternate. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, Zach, whenever you're ready, uh, take it away.
2: Yeah. uh, So, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg uh, were famously a pair of spies in uh, the 20th century America. But uh, we should start at the beginning. Julius.
0: You're probably wondering how we got here. Yeah. Probably. uh, I think if you have
2: like a moderate uh, knowledge of history, you've probably heard of the Rosenbergs. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Julius uh, Rosenberg was born May 12th, uh, 1918. Ethel, uh, nay, Greenglass, was born September 28th, 1915. Uh, They're both born to Jewish families, both born in New York City, Uh, Julius's parents were uh, actually immigrants from Russia, Jewish immigrants from Russia. I don't know what would cause Jewish people to immigrate from Russia in the 1910s. What could possibly have been going on? Um,
0: (laughs) Or, you know, any of the several decades prior to that.
2: Sure. Or after. Yeah. Um, Regardless, uh, both uh, Julius and Ethel uh, ultimately ended up in the Young Communist League, USA, during the Depression. Um,
0: Communist Kids, as it was originally yeah. called. Another yeah. sitcom.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's Yeah, that's um, the Russian version of fucking Stranger Things. <laughs>
2: uh, Ethel wanted to be an actress and a singer. Uh, didn't really happen for her. Uh, Julius uh, went ahead to City College of New York. Uh, they met through the Communist League and were married in 1939. Um, Julius went ahead and finished his career at uh, Community College in New York with a an electronic engineering degree. Uh, they had a couple sons, and at the same time, Julius went to work for the uh, Army Signal Engineering Corps. Uh, starting in 1940.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I, I, like, I know it's core, and it's, it's just, it made me think of the Crypt Keeper reading I, that. I,
2: I am reading and, and definitely, like, yeah. Signal core. <laughs> signal core. those words. <laughs> not signal, not corpse. Signal core. Um, regardless, uh, he went to, to work as an engineer inspector. Like I said, he had a degree in electrical engineering. Um, he was eventually fired in 1945 after they discovered his affiliation with communist groups uh, in his youth. Though a number of things happened between 1940 and 1945 that are of interest. <laughs> um. Uh, so, based on what we know now, and a lot mm-hmm. of you know, we have the benefit of hindsight. A lot of these documents have been declassified on both sides. Julius uh, was recruited by the USSR in 1942 um, by a spy, nas- spy master named Semyon Semenyov.
0: Uh,
2: again, these are Russian names. It's going to be some guessing.
0: Yeah, I, I, we should have given the standard Russian name warning at the beginning of the whole fucking spy miniseries. <laughs>
2: Listen. The guy's first and last name are the same, except the last name has an O V on the end. <laughs> so it's like Chris Kristofferson, I guess, or something like that.
0: Well, it's the Soviet Union. There's limited resources. Exactly. Everyone has to have only enough names to go around.
2: Once again, Semyov was somebody he met through his uh, the communist groups he was involved in as a as a youth. Um, eventually, a fellow named Alexander Feck. Fekelsov was going to take over as his handler two years after he was recruited in 1944. Feklesov is an important resource because he did write a book about uh, some of his work during the cold war. Um, so basically while Rosenberg worked um, for the army, he provided quite a number of documents for on American military tech Uh, And he recruited, more importantly, a lot of people. Uh, He actually was seemingly skilled at uh, recruiting other defectors, at least half a dozen, maybe up to 10 um, people that he talked into basically giving away intelligence, Mm -hmm. um, including intel on, like, upcoming U.S. fighter jets. But the the big break came when... Ethel's brother, David Greenglass, uh, he was discovered to be working as a member of the Manhattan Project, and Rosenberg was directed to recruit him, which he did successfully. Uh, Eventually, along with a second source named Russell McNutt, <laughs>
1: All right. <laughs> what is Cardi's... the recruitment process of becoming a spy? it's like, hey, man, we we got nice suits, we have insurance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd be
0: very surprised if spies had good insurance <laughs> since it's a um
2: they'll disavow your knowledge. yeah That's, If that counts as insurance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it also just sounds it's one of those things that sounds so like romantic and adventurous on its face. But as we've seen in some of these stories already, it's full of like sad or fucked up people (laughs) doing a job that requires them to lie constantly. So it kind of ruins their lives.
1: (laughs) Do you like the taste of cyanide? Well, you might. (laughs) 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 I
0: mean, I think it's also like recruitment is, it varies depending on like, what a person's weak point is or if they just like if you know them to have sort of like especially in the cold war ideological disagreements with whatever country they're based in um and then sometimes it's money (laughs) (laughs) a lot of the time it's actually money
2: yeah uh it's regardless um yeah the uh, i think it's like an inglorious work at this time Mm -hmm. but uh uh Rosenberg, uh, for recruiting uh, Russell of the Manhattan Project, received apparently a $100 bonus. Seems a little light (laughs) (laughs) on the USSR's part. Um, And the USSR may have received information on uranium processing from this fella. So, I don't know. That's
0: just like you get like a a thing of baked lays basically or like a free <laughs> will take you to subway for their famous not tuna.
1: Yeah. Here's some Kirkland signature pants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's $20. Go to Ross.
2: Um, yeah. Despite. Uh, um, so basically no official, uh, information about the Manhattan project was shared with Russia during its development in world war two, uh, Britain like got some information and like some of our closer allies, but not Russia. Um, despite that Russia had their first successful nuclear test in, uh, 1949. Um, we'll talk about how much the Rosenberg's information did or did not have to do with that a little down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, So eventually a man named Klaus Fuchs was discovered as a leak on the Manhattan project. He so clearly there were like a number of people involved that were, you know, letting information out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He identified a man uh, uh, who was his, his courier for the information to the Russian government. And that courier had also been working with David Greenglass and he flipped on David Greenglass and Hmm. Greenglass flipped on Julius. Mm-hmm. So that's how Julius Rosenberg was found out as kind of like this sort of fellow who was, you know, co-opting a lot of people into spying for the Russians at the time. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, he also revealed that a Russian consul in New York named Antonol Yakolev was uh, an important part of Julius's network of contacts in New York and in the Manhattan Project, um, mm. there was another fellow named Martin Sobel who attempted to flee to Mexico for a time and changed his name, but unable to move on without a passport, was eventually apprehended and, you know, brought back. Uh, he would later write about his experience with uh, with Julius Rosenberg, but we'll get to that in a bit. Regardless, it's pretty clear that the whole thing was blown wide open. Mm. Uh, On July 17th of 1950, uh, Julius Rosenberg was arrested. Uh, The, the uh, prosecution wanted some information on Ethel largely because they, they thought it would get leverage over Julius. If they had information against Ethel that could like, you know, theoretically put her in jail. The, they had two young children at this time. Um, like quite young like I, I i no more than four or five i think they were born in like 43 47 something like that mm-hmm. so like seven and four something like that at this time uh they're still alive today so you know yeah
0: that shows you like
2: yeah mm-hmm. Uh they're younger than the last two presidents of the united states um and uh, yeah, so they, they wanted to, uh, inf- like leverage on Ethel to flip Julius. And they ultimately got David Greenglass, who you might remember is the fellow who worked on the Manhattan Project, but also Ethel's brother. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Yikes. <laughs> and his wife, Ruth, to modify their story, uh, where originally he said he transferred the information to Julius by just handing it off in a street corner. Uh, they changed their story to say that Ethel was actively copying and taking notes on classified information at the Rosenberg's home. After this happened, uh, Ruth's charges were dropped. So that was nice for them. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Ethel, Ethel was arrested after uh, she was brought to a grand jury. She did not answer any questions, took the fifth the whole time, and was arrested thereafter. Hmm. Uh, neither Ether, Ethel nor Julius ever gave any additional names when questioned.
1: That's that's a real spy MVP right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I mean, oh, her brother. But it's, I mean, I also don't know what they were holding over him and his wife, and it's weird and awful and complicated.
2: Yeah. Uh, So on March 6, 1951, the trial begins. David was the key witness here. He claims he gave sketches of the fat man bomb to Rosenberg. Uh, The little, uh, the little boy bomb was a little different in how it went off, but this Mm -hmm. was the fat man bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima. um, And that Ethel types notes with, uh, the information intact. You could see like uh, uh, an approximation of these sketches. They don't seem very informative to me, but uh you know, uh, they're available online. So I don't think they're super, super useful uh, in to, you know, creating a nuclear bomb. Um,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, when you say it like that, yeah, it seems like there'd be more steps.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's how
1: everyone's doing it these days. Just go into those sketches.
2: <laughs> um, As for the Rosenbergs themselves during the entire trial, uh, they held the fifth amendment the whole time. They basically remained defiant. They said as little as possible. They did not, you know, they just did not partake. Basically they were like, Mm -hmm. my, I I take my right not to self-incriminate. And that was the whole fucking thing. Um, On March 29th, they were sentenced to death under the espionage act of 1917. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worth noting here that uh, a big part of this whole trial was one uh, Roy Cohn Um, oh okay (laughs) yeah Uh, Roy Cohn would uh, later claim that he was instrumental in pushing for the death penalty in this case and also arranged a number of the people involved in the prosecution Um, Roy Cohn I don't know if we'll ever do an episode about him, but he's an interesting fellow. Just a quick rundown. A few years later, he would work with Joseph McCarthy during McCarthyism and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the blacklist, all that stuff. Uh, A few years after that, he would serve as personal counsel to both presidents, Nixon and Reagan. While he worked for Reagan, he befriended one, Roger Stone, a person you might still know about today. He also represented Rupert Murdoch, and while he represented Rupert Murdoch, he incurred, he uh, encouraged President Reagan to push Murdoch's interest and change certain television laws to allow for uh, different kinds of news. He also was the personal counsel for one Donald Trump, who considered him a close friend and mentor. so Roy Cohn, you know basically. Did a lot of shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, I think the only person we've talked about on this podcast who's a character in Angels in America.
2: Mm. <laughs> well, we have also talked about Ethel Rosenberg, who is a character oh, in she, Angels I in America. Uh, we'll get to that while. in a minute. Yeah. Uh, in the following months... There was a campaign for clemency for the Rosenbergs, most notably for Ethel, who was mm-hmm. obviously less involved than Julius was. Um,
0: Even on the basis of this story, which is rather suspect, like yeah.
2: yeah. So while some Americans uh, supported it, um, it did not gain a huge amount of popular ground. Mm-hmm. The ACLU did not take up the cause. And despite uh, both the Rosenbergs being Jewish, uh, major American Jew There was no major American Jewish organization that expressed, you know, support for them in part Mm. because, well, I think being a Jewish person in America in the 1950s was difficult and you didn't want to, you know, sympathize with Soviets when you're trying to become, you know, a a legitimate part of society. But regardless... You
0: know. Well, and especially when so much of, like, the very hardline anti-socialist, anti-communist, and, like, anti-Soviet rhetoric was also anti-Semitic. Yeah. Um, and those things were, to a lot of people on the right, very closely tied together. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially in that case.
2: Um, But... Some people did take up the cause of the Rosenbergs more uh vocally. Most notably, a lot of foreign newspapers were uh, adamant that they should, uh, you know, pleaded that uh, the Rosenbergs should have a lesser sentence. Pope Pius uh pleaded to um I uh, Eisenhower to reduce the sentence. Um, as did a number of other very famous people, including Albert Einstein, Bertolt Brecht, Frida Kahlo, Deschel Hammett, Fritz Lang, Pablo Picasso, Jean-Paul Sartre. And Jean-Paul Sartre said uh, the trial was, quote, a legal lynching which, which smears with blood a whole nation. By killing the Rosenbergs, You have quite simply tried to halt the progress of science by human sacrifice, magic, witch hunts, sacrifices. We are here getting to the point. Your country is sick with fear. You are afraid of the shadow of your own bomb. Uh, So that was Jean-Paul Sartre's take on the Rosenberg situation. Um, Ultimately, Eisenhower did not... Uh, commute the sentence, uh, and all appeals uh, failed. I mean, knowing
0: knowing the limited amount I do know about Eisenhower, I do have a hard time picturing and being like, "Oh shit, Sarge said that." Oh no, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, like yeah. pass. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely like, uh, I don't know, he's, he's like, like, he's a weird, he's a weird figure. He me. is a weird figure. He is a strange figure. He's like a person I think of character, but you know, in a way that Republicans aren't anymore. I think he was maybe the last real Republican of character who was president.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking about Eisenhower. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: yeah. Cause the next, the next one after him would have been Nixon. Yes. So and <laughs> we know how that went. <laughs> <laughs> um gerald ford doesn't count
2: <laughs> yeah gerald ford basically doesn't count
0: was that's was like it,
2: there could be a. I think there should be like a, a comedy movie about gerald ford accidentally falling into the presidency because he's the only guy who was never elected <laughs> vp or president he just like ended up being president like ret- record record yeah. scratch yeah that's me <laughs> you're probably wondering how i got here <laughs> i mean this is a- I,
1: wasn't he like really clumsy also?
2: Uh, he was famously mocked for falling down a couple times on <laughs> SNL. Now, does that mean he's clumsy? I don't know. I think it might just mean that SNL just made fun of like one time he fell down.
0: <laughs> yeah. SNL never repeats a bit. Unless <laughs> yeah. it's rooted in some sort of reality.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Gerald Ford, that's a topic for another day. Uh, this was before his time though in his time. Cause he was alive, uh, regardless. Uh, so at the time, uh, the federal prison had no execution chamber. So the Rosenbergs were sent to sing, sing in upstate New York mm-hmm. for execution. Uh, there were some minor delays and some slight time changes to avoid the Jewish Sabbath. Uh, uh, and the execution ultimately occurred on June 19th, 1953.
0: That's a very fast process. I mean, compared to sort of how long it takes to go in like capital cases, which I'll go on record speaking for this podcast, shouldn't be a thing. Um, But to go from like, the actual sentence being pa- being passed in court to an execution could be decades. Um, yeah. To do that in three years, was it? Or even less after the trial is insanely fast.
1: <laughs> they wanted to make a point. They're like, just yeah. in case you were thinking about being a spy.
0: Yeah, I mean, probably, because I'm sure they all th- thought the Cold War would was constantly like coming to a head yeah you know but yeah especially ghoulish that it moved that quickly
2: yeah uh yeah so they uh they obviously rushed that through um uh, it's in terms of the execution itself a little bit uh, morbid for a moment uh julius's execution went sort of as expected Uh, they deliver three shocks was the way it was done this was electrocution method um, uh, Julius was found dead after the normal three shocks. Uh, Ethel, while unconscious, her heart was still beating. So they delivered an additional two shocks. Witnesses say that smoke rose from her head at the end of the uh, execution method. Um, yeah, so they were the only two people executed for espionage during the entirety of the Cold War by the United States, at the very least. Um uh there was um two other wo- there was one woman prior to ethel rosenberg who was executed by the federal government and one woman who was executed only a couple months after her in the same year 1953 uh those were the only women ever executed by the federal government in the 20th century and in history until uh, at the time of this recording last month when Donald Trump sped up the execution mm-hmm. or urged the execution of a woman on January 13th. So after uh, Ethel Rosenberg and another woman who died uh, about the same time. Yeah. The first time in 67 years, the federal government has executed a woman was last month, uh, which is uh, a yeah. sort of interesting.
0: And one of the things that sort of got lost in everything else that was going on.
2: Yeah so uh, uh as far as how useful their spying actually was in terms of you know russia creating a nuclear bomb uh mm-hmm. the answer su- generally seems to be between either very little or not at all
0: yeah i i, I looked up the picture you were talking about and honestly it looked like a fucking flower to me so then again i am also not a nuclear scientist
2: uh there were already predictions prior to this that the russians would theoretically figure out how to have their own bomb in 5 years they managed to do it in 4 whether mm. the rosenbergs and other spying had any influence on that is somewhat unclear a couple of their handlers have talked about this after declassification and time passed and said the information we got was either minorly useful or not at all useful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically we would have done just as well without it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it seems like for the most part, this was, uh, much ado about nothing. Like they, d- they didn't, I don't think they changed much in, in the larger picture.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, there's been a lot of declassified uh, documents on both sides of the cold war since then. Um, Apparently Julius Rosenberg's codena- code name was liberal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <That's>... <laughs> I didn't realize the USSR was a bunch of people
2: on Twitter. <laughs> yeah yeah it was a shit lib um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah so uh in tw- in 2001 green glass uh ethel's uh brother um he testified that uh or, or he said that his testimony about ethel typing notes was fabricated and persuaded um that even it might've been his own wife typing notes. He didn't remember. Um, uh, but he was not especially remorseful. He was like, my wife is more important to me than my sister or my mother or my father. And she was the mother of my children. So he sort of stood by the the decision he made there. Um Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, folks, sometimes we talk about a story on the show, and it's just a fucking tragedy all around. So, should have given that disclaimer up front.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Russian name disclaimer and also yeah. the which I forgot.
2: all my! all should have remembered my disclaimer <laughs> boilerplate. Uh, the grand jury testimony was also released uh, in 2008 or so, and the. The testimony conflicted. In some versions, Ruth Greenglass typed the notes. In some versions, it was Ethel. The later versions, Mm -hmm. it was Ethel. So again, that seems like coerced testimony. KGB documents that have been declassified paint Julius as an effective agent and Ethel as only supportive but not active the children of Julius and Ethel were eventually they were initially sent to the grandparents, but eventually adopted by a high school teacher of theirs, Abel uh, Mirapol, who was also the writer of the song strange fruit.
0: Oh Um, shit. Okay.
2: Yeah. Which is an interesting, weird little thing. Um, Since then their children and grandchildren Uh, have uh, have campaigned uh, for legal exoneration of both their parents, but especially Ethel, Mm -hmm. uh, for a number of years. In 2017, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren sent uh, outgoing President Barack Obama a letter urging him uh, to posthumously exonerate Ethel Rosenberg, though uh, that did not happen. Hmm. Um. Yep. And they've been represented in a number of fictional uh, 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 and nonfiction portrayals. Most famously, as we mentioned earlier, Angels in America, the HBO adaptation of which has Ethel's ghost haunting Roy Cohn. Roy Cohn was played by Al Pacino and Ethel was played by Meryl Streep in that particular version. Roy Cohn obviously died of AIDS in the 1980s as a possibly closeted gay man. Mm-hmm.
0: Working for Ronald Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> hey, anyway. Okay. Um, but yeah, Zach, thank you. Of
2: course. Yeah.
0: Uh, Danny, whenever you're, whenever you're ready to,
1: <laughs> to jump <Yay>. in.
0: <laughs> yeah, now, oh to set the scene, everyone's dead. <laughs> so... <Yeah. laughs>
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, um, yeah, that is important history to know. Uh, obviously, I'm here to tell the the truth, mm-hmm. the actual history. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. So a big thing misconception about those two is that they are dead. In fact, they are not dead at all. They're actually time travelers, and they have come back recently uh, because they assisted in taking over the u.s government but i'm going to get to that i'll get to that later (laughs) much much like many other important figures like the scientists of the manhattan project Mm -hmm. the u.s were like yo we don't we have these scientists are really good we need to grab them for this these spies are really good we need to cover them up and kill them air quotes Mm. so we can use them for future projects so we're going to get into julius and ethel rosenberg but that's kind of setting the scene here uh julius and ethel rosenberg julius was a very kind man growing up very very prestigious had a great pencil mustache always wore suits uh coincidentally enough inspired uh ricky ricardo in i love lucy Uh, (laughs) then we have uh ethel Ethel being so in love with Julius, uh, wanted to be an actress, wanted to be a singer, mm-hmm. um, was in small improv comedy groups in New York City, which, oh, I, no. she, yes, it, I, <laughs> she actually was so good that she later uh, created the format for Second City later on in Chicago, 30 oh, okay. years, yes, 40, 40, 50 years later. Um, so she wanted to be an actress. And after many failed attempts at uh, trying to land a big sitcom, you know, like, I Love Lucy, Leave it to Mm -hmm. Beaver, I Marry Joan. She she was just getting extras in the background. She didn't want to be an extra. She wanted to be a main character, obviously. So she had heard Julius was thinking about being a spy. And he was like, hey, you know, I hear they have good insurance. (laughs) (laughs) so no i'm pto yeah they're good pto i uh cyanide's never been that bad of a tasting thing to me so <laughs>
0: wait so he's he's had cyanide before
1: yeah yes yeah i mean it was it was the 40s it was the 30s yeah the, it was cyanide a yeah cyanide was in the wall paint we, we don't know. honestly <laughs>
0: plausible <laughs>
1: So she's actually the one that convinced him to be a spy. Uh, She was like, you know what? This could be our big shot to be really famous. Little did she know the whole point of being a spy is that no one knows you're a spy. Uh, So that was a big uh, misconception on her part. But...
0: (laughs) Yeah. Or you're hiding in plain sight. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they ended up, uh, you know, becoming spies uh, for the Soviet Union. And... They were accused of providing top secret information about radar, sonar, jet propulsion, but what they don't really say is that they were perfect, perfect at stealing emails and emails. What is the big topic of emails? Hillary Clinton's emails. And what does Rosenberg mean? Rosenberg, the last name means mountain of roses. What color is rose? Red. It also means Red Mountain. It's it's all coming together here. They were hired on by the Republican Party to steal Hillary Clinton's emails. So they're time travelers. Not only is Julius Rosenberg an electrical engineer, but they were also death by electrocution. We've all seen Back to the Future. What sends people through time travel? Electricity. And... (laughs) Fast cars. Okay. Yeah. This is mostly electricity on this. And the Tracy Chapman song, Fast Car.
2: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) also, I've seen Frankenstein too, and generally, (laughs) what brings corpses back to life? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's exactly. I've seen exactly. both Home
0: Alones and I'm, I've, I've seen a man's sure. skeleton. If, exposed what what like, makes
2: your skeleton come out of your body for just a split second? So your body is transparent? <laughs> yes. While you're Daniel Stern holding. <laughs> that's his name.
0: I almost said Larry David. I'm like, that's not it.
2: Zach had mentioned that
1: Ethel's hair or head was steaming. What was the mm. actual verbiage that you used? Smoking. Smoking. Smoking, yeah. smoking. Yes. And we all know that is a byproduct of time travel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So they were sent to the future. Now these are concurrent spies that the US government uses for big events. Mm. Stealing Hillary Clinton's emails. Uh, just, uh, I didn't want to say it, but yes, QAnon. Uh, part, big part. they they love Q. Julius and Ethel love Q. Oh, no. Lo- <laughs> love Q. They see. You were we- <laughs> so
0: sympathetic before.
1: <laughs> They're big patriots. Uh, yeah. Suck <laughs> <laughs> so nuts. At, yeah, I mean, if, because if you look closely at David Greenglass's sketch of the nuclear weapon design, <laughs> is it not a Q? Is it not a cue at this point? Okay, it does
0: actually kind of fucking look <laughs> a little bit like a cue, but I'm—that is coincidence.
1: <laughs> I'm only telling facts here. Um, <laughs> it's so much so if you even go into the Rosenberg's Bagel Shop here in Denver, Colorado, mm-hmm. it's all—it's written on the walls. It's literally written on the walls, just. <laughs> Ethel and, Julia, <laughs> Ethel and julius or qa non-conspirators
0: <laughs> it's written on the wall in the bathroom if you go <laughs> if you go back and check it out
1: yeah there's there's a p there's a qr code there in the bathroom and if you just hover your phone over it it'll just take you to the qa non-site oh man it's denver's new york
0: bagel shop and that it costs like 17 dollars for a lux and bagel <laughs> <laughs> we're not fucking sponsored by them <laughs> we could be after that I had coffee though.
1: yeah oh my gosh so yes they, um, they were deemed too powerful at their job the, mm-hmm. the US government knew immediately that they were spies they were like whoa uh, we're getting all these people lined up around their house around the corner and in the front, it just says, uh, Scientology, we can't have this. <laughs> so they were a big inspires. They inspired a lot of things. They inspired Scientology on how to, their recruitment policy. They ins- Ethel inspired Second City. They are huge their
0: recruitment rec- policy of, do you have money and are <laughs> bad with it?
1: Yeah. How about you tell us a big secret? We'll hold it in a little file. And yeah, if you yeah, tell yeah. anyone on us, we're going to spill the beans. <laughs> So they uh were big influencers of their time. They they uh were recruiting people like crazy left and right. Entire neighborhoods were just Soviet flags everywhere. The US government was like, "You know what? Instead of throwing these people in prison, let's let's use them to our benefit." Mm-hmm. So that's how they became these time-traveling spies. To manipulate government acts, or uh, to change course in history, to create some news—that's uh, that's that's really a big part of Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. Okay. The—they um, <clears throat> were not only part of this espionage case, but they also uh, enjoyed their two children. Um, they, 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 those were uh, honest mistakes, really. They really wanted to focus on this whole uh, spy thing. But, you know, with spy comes great lovemaking. So they <laughs> had their two sons, Michael and Robert.
0: That is one of the listed benefits. I mean, <laughs> it, it's a bit like visiting like an herbal supplement store at this
1: point. I mean, we've all seen James Bond. He can't. He can't stop. He can't do a case without making some love. I don't. I mean, my memory of James Bond
0: movies is not always that great, but I've never seen anything that hints he's actually good at sex. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he just well, like does but... it a lot. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, he, at the end of uh, uh, the world is not enough. Mm-hmm. He is having sex with one Dr. Christmas Jones. Mm-hmm. And he says verbally on camera, uh, audi- audibly, I thought Christmas only comes once a year. So that implies that uh, he okay. has brought her to orgasm multiple times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Christmas Jones looks at him back in the eyes and goes, Ha ha ha! Very funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Denise Richards. So uh, yeah. yes.
1: <laughs> oh man, she's just like that. Was um, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah.
0: I saw that when it came out, and I was just like, "I don't get that." I'm sure I will eventually. <laughs> I will say
2: um, uh, for Denise Richards, who was with uh, which is the Sheen that was on Three and uh, Two and a Half Men, Charles. Charles, Charles,
0: Gene, Charles. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: I think Pierce Brosnan is an upgrade. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, it'd be rough if he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: We oh wait are you saying that you like Charles Sheen more than Pierce Brosnan? No no
2: other way around. Other oh way, other yeah. way
1: around. Yeah. Okay I was like Pierce hold Brosnan
2: on. adopted some kids from his wife's previous marriage and was a great dad and yeah. I mean, Brosnan, I mean, oh, wait are we talking about
1: this is, uh, a this
2: is <laughs> No no actually yes like he PSA Pierce Brosnan genuinely good guy. Wow if you read about his personal wow.
0: Life. Okay, it does, to be fair though, the bar set by Charlie Sheen is not like...
2: <laughs> oh, no, I'm not talking about Charlie Sheen bar. I'm talking about like normal human bar. Normal, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> wow, he was... <laughs> yeah, Pierce Brosnan took the role of Mrs. Dowfire and was like, hey, I just want to make sure, can we still do that adopting kid thing? I want to make sure <laughs> that's in all my movies because I'm a good person. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, he adopts the best traits of all his characters. Um,
1: (laughs) He's a method actor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what method method actors are, the most charitable people in the world.
2: (laughs) And his uh, first wife and his first daughter both died tragically of cervical cancer. He had a tough, he had a tough old time for a while there.
1: Wow. Oh, Yikes. Here we go, Zach, bringing in the tragedy once again. <laughs> yep. That's our show.
0: The, the, the fucking tragedy hour.
1: Yeah. I had no idea this was a murder podcast. <laughs> yes.
0: I mean, it's not, it's cancer. It's not. <laughs> I mean, we also do discuss many murders. <laughs> oh man daddy thank you
1: you're welcome you're welcome i also want to point out that uh julius mm. rosenberg was only uh five five
2: short king another short king, another That's short king I, I did show. not look up his accurate uh hair, or, or his weight so that could be accurate
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean as <laughs> and, as a person who is five six
1: <laughs>
0: more king. more of these
1: you could have accomplished so much, Brian. You had one inch on him. I could have, and yet. <laughs> and uh, Ethel was six seven. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> oh. six, seven, 71 inch inches. You know what? Leap. That's a
2: good marriage. She was taller mm-hmm. and older than him.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's... What a rare,
2: what a rare marriage that is.
1: We we stand a Jewish Ricky Ricardo, <laughs>
2: oh.
1: <laughs> and, and Wilt
0: Chamberlain also. <laughs> um listeners before we move on to judgment i just want to say if you ever want to write us a letter to ask us a question leave us a comment tell us your secrets um you can do that at revisionistpodcast.com. uh just click on the contact page and uh there's a chance we'll read your letter on air so you know there that's a feather in your cap um you can also find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, theoretically, I don't. I don't know. Um, and lastly, um, you can, if you are so inclined things are tough right now, uh, you can pledge your support to the show on Patreon, which helps us defray like the cost of hosting um, for like as little as a dollar a month. There are, I will say. Worthier causes to put your money towards <laughs> um, right now, um, Danny. You uh, you have a a unique Twitch channel going on.
1: Yes, uh, for anyone listening to the podcast, um, I am a associate developer relations engineer for New Relic, and I have a Twitch channel at Twitch.tv/slash Danny M-U-Y, and. If you're interested or at all interested or have been interested in software development or programming, I do like daily coding on Twitch and just talk about the tech world and tech things and occasionally we'll play chess on there. So if you're into that too.
0: (laughs) Nice. Uh, Yeah. Like you were telling me about that and I only really know Twitch for like streams of fall guys, basically. (laughs) And among (laughs) um so i didn't know
2: mostly yeah i didn't know that there were like coding channels on there oh yeah yeah. there's i mean
1: honestly i didn't know that either until i got this job and (laughs) they were like hey you seem cool do you want to do this on twitch i was like i will look up what to do and yes (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah um
0: zach you also co-host another podcast um that is a very good podcast that we should tell people. Uh, it's debatable.
2: Um, I host another podcast. That's that's accurate. Everything else is subjective. Um but uh, if you like this podcast, you might like it. Uh it's called the Movie Trap. Uh it's myself, my friend uh Russell Carlson, and Chris Boroff. Um uh we the premise essentially is that we take a theme for a trilogy of movies that each of us pick. Uh, and after we have each chosen our riffs on that theme, we vote on who chooses the next theme, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, it's sort of a game show format. Uh, but yeah, it's basically a movie discussion podcast with, uh, you know, Uh, a sort of gamified aspect. So if Mm. that's interesting to you, Brian's been on a few episodes and uh, yeah.
0: I was, I was on for like, for example, like I was on, I think the series was bad cops or just a cab. Yeah. Um, And I did, I was a guest on the police Academy episode. Yeah. And then that was also like the other ones in that series were Stanford prison experiment and um, blind spotting, blind spotting. Yes. Um, so you get a wide variety of movies huh. to choose from.
2: Um, yeah. I think right now we're going through our uh, movies with double casting. Mm-hmm. We filmed We record these very far in advance. So, but I think we're going through our movies with double casting segment, which could be anything from dead ringers, which is the David Cronenberg movie where Jeremy Irons plays drug addicted gynecologists, uh, to The Crumps, which does not show up, but something like The Crumps was... <laughs> okay, I was <laughs> wondering if that was in the series.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Awesome. Um, Yeah, listeners, as for me, um, comedy is not really a thing I'm doing right now because if you don't know, I won't ruin your day. Um, that would be crazy about if people didn't <laughs> yeah, um,
1: know like, what do you mean what are you talking about <laughs>
0: what's going on here um, but yeah you can follow COVID. me COVID
2: on... <laughs> a co-ed <laughs> video I've seen co-ed videos <laughs> I, COVID I hardly know her I mean uh, it's not appropriate for children sure but <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man um, you can find me on social media just search for apparently brian wait i deleted all my social media fuck i can't uh, Goddamn. Wow. um delete that um <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ like i said scatterbrained right <laughs> no, now leave it in leave it in <laughs> um you know what listeners we've been um we've also been like we said things are hard right now for everyone uh and if you have some extra money instead of throwing it our way uh, you can throw it to a good cause. Um, there is a group called uh, WeCycle, uh, W-E-E, um, that buys um, diapers and other baby paraphernalia um, and distributes it to people who can't afford it. Um, and so if you want to throw some money their way, that's a really good cause. Um, but yeah, that brings us to judgment this time um and i'm i I always i love a good time traveler story um because it it opens up a lot of possibilities uh for the alternate history (laughs) this is also the first time i've judged since the attempted coup and part (laughs) of me is like man (laughs) fuck fuck you uh not fuck not fuck you y-o-u fuck q as in q anon <laughs> so i think for that uh, fuck, reason
2: fuck coup also, yeah
0: fuck thing? coup uh and listen to the coup on spotify um oh <laughs> check it. the
2: coup is good yeah.
0: yes the coup good actual coup bad, bad. so <laughs> um anyway uh i think i'll cast my vote for the actual history this mm. time uh but listeners voting is now open on patreon and check out uh our instagram story the wednesday the 17th for the final round of voting
2: that's my birthday Monday. by the way hmm yep
0: hey. happy happy pre-birthday um And mine, my birthday was just a few days ago. So, listeners, if you want to give us a birthday present, write a review on your podcast service of choice. Um,
2: Or really, a blowjob. (laughs) Or,
0: yeah, write a... Written reviews especially are are great. Uh, um, Or (laughs) the other stuff uh, is... I I don't,
2: I don't expect, I don't expect that to to be delivered. I don't accept
0: that. Also,
2: (laughs) It would be an awkward circumstance. It was a joke. I may, I, I spoke before I thought. And I apologize to everybody. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: Damn old Ethel and Julius, we're at it again. <laughs> I
0: feel like our listeners are more feet people anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. In fact, that's our latest Instagram poll. Um, so please don't vote on that. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out of this before I try to guess more of our listeners' fetishes. Um, mm, Danny, you know. thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's always great to hang out with you too.
2: Yeah. Zach,
1: thank
0: you as always.
2: Thank you, Brian. Uh, if you do if you did offer me a blowjob, it would be weird and I would say no. So just to be clear. Just to be clear. Be, so close. Just blowing right past it. Redoubling on how that was a joke. Obviously. <laughs> I think anybody who's a normal adult would be like, Oh, he's kidding. Yeah, yeah, no totally, totally.
1: No, I'm I'm filling out my uh, FedEx form right now to send one over.
2: FedEx
0: form. <laughs> you know what? If that is how you understand blowjobs, go nuts. <laughs> if you if you think you can mail one,
2: oh, if you send us the monetary worth of one blowjob, we'll yes. accept it. Yeah.
0: yeah, go to our go to our Patreon and type <laughs> out however much you think you would pay for <laughs> oral sex and then just donate that to us. Um, and and then we could never speak of it again
2: (laughs) Uh, for everyone here at the
0: revisionist i'm brian flynn
2: i'm Zach powers i'm not going to talk about blowjobs again
0: (laughs) no not at least that's going to be behind our paywall
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, have a good time
2: have a good time